And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, Staff Sergeant Irv Locker is one of the most well-known D-Day veterans, and he was heralded by then-President Donald Trump at his State of the Union address in 2019. Of course, today is the 78th anniversary of D-Day, that historic moment where brave young men stormed the beaches and played a pivotal role in liberty and freedom for the world. Staff Sergeant Irv Locker was a teenager when he stormed Utah Beach. And joining us now is great American and my dear friend, Irv Locker. Irv, it is such an honor to have you here on the anniversary of D-Day. Thank you. It's my honor to be with you and to help any way I can. Well, you know what? It is so important that everybody remembers the incredible heroism of you and your comrades that day. Take us through, Irv, what that was like when you were storming the beach. Here you're a young guy, first wave Utah Beach. What was that yeah. like? Well, the only, the only answer that I can give you on that basis of they want to know what was going through our mind. And the only thing that was going through everybody's mind is that the, the long life that we promised ourselves could be shortened very, very fast with one bullet uh, to that point. Because we went in on D-Day on uh, Utah Beach, and we went in there to protect the Sherberg Sherberg port. Uh, Now, we had 90-millimeter guns. People have no idea what that is. It's nine-and-a-half-ton guns. The barrel was 15 feet long. I could shoot at a plane. 25,000 feet up into the air it, with that. Our ammunition, people have no idea. Our ammunition was three feet tall and weighed 45 pounds each shell. And I must talk about one fast thing. Uh, at that time, before computers, we had radar. Now, the radar machines could tell me the height of the plane, the speed of the plane, the direction of the plane, and how far in front of that plane I'd have to shoot in order to hit that plane. So that's a miracle in itself, basically. And that was new back then. That was an incredible accomplishment. Incredible. We call it a a magnificent piece of equipment because we had the highest amount of Nazi planes shot down, my Alpha did, in the entire First Army. It, It was an unbelievable situation. Plus the fact that with that ammunition, our ammunition was three feet tall each shell three feet tall and weighed 45 pounds each shell. Plus the fact beside the plane, Rommel was going to put tanks on the beaches to keep us out. We had the ammunition of that type of gun. With that ammunition, I could go through a German tank like a piece of glass. So we've got credited with with planes and tanks. And that's why we went in. We were the first ones to, um, after D-Day, we were the first ones entering Germany. It's a whole complete history, but it was because of the 90 millimeter guns that put us into that situation because we could shoot at planes, we could knock down tanks. Uh, and when they had our um, Americans surrounded five miles away, I could shoot five miles away and hit them and, and prevent them from uh, annihilating our, our, our troops. And everything is in writing and, and I didn't write it. So everything is here in history to that point. So um, 
It's, it's very, very authentic. And everybody, we are talking to D-Day veteran Irv Locker, who was first wave Utah Beach. You know, you talked about, of course, being part of the First Army's uh, Seventh yeah. Corps. You were the one sixteenth AAA Gun Battalion. Listen, Rita, explain. AAA means and the aircraft, and I tank and artillery. People don't understand what AAA means. It's and the aircraft, and I tank and artillery. Because with that gun, I could shoot at planes. I could knock down tanks and save lives with the artillery. Tell me about, first of all, how old you were, how young, really, you were when you were storming the beach, and and you had to have been nervous. I mean, it, it must have just oh, been oh, um, unbelievable. Absolutely. They took me right out of high school, drafted me. We went into uh, uh, training, but not what, we were not assigned. Uh, uh, I came out of New Jersey, so we, were, we went into Fort Dix, not assigned to any outfit, just uh, uniforms and guns, etc., shooting a rifle. Then we were assigned to the 160th AAA Gun Battalion. So that's the outfit I went in on Utah Beach with. And that's the unit, that's the unit we were attached, and that's the unit I stayed with, with that. And the only thing that I keep saying to you and to everybody else, they keep talking about what went through your mind <laughs> landing on Utah, Utah Beach. And basically with them shooting at you and everything else, it's, it's unbelievable. And, of course, living through the, the, uh, the forest, Living through the Hurtgen forests, we had no toilets, no sinks, no showers. Everything had to be brought to us. And we went in originally to protect the Sherbrooke port because of the fact that everything had to be, everything had to be brought to us. Food, water, ammunition, medicine, clothing, everything had to be brought to us. So we had to protect that, that beach, that Sherbrooke beach. That's why we landed on Utah Beach at that stage. Did you realize, Irv Locker, when you were storming Utah Beach on D-Day, how pivotal of a moment that was for history? No, no, honestly, no. Uh, To be honest with you, at that particular stage of our life, we were concerned with our own life and getting onto that beach because everybody on that beach kept hollering, get off the beach. On the beach, you're a victim. Off the beach, you're a warrior. Get off the beach. Because what we had to do is they were, when we landed on that beach, they had people directing us so that we, our big guns, our 90 millimeter guns coming in, had to be directed to us. Then we were assigned a field and we set up each one had four guns to a battery. So each, each battery had one, uh, four of these 90 millimeter guns. And there were four, there were 16 of these guns in a battalion. So when I talk about the fact of shooting down planes and tanks and artillery, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing situation. Plus the fact that people don't realize the ammunition, as I said before, was three feet tall. And we had what we call a, a, a unit on that, uh, that the bullet would explode, it's called a fuse setter. So when we shot up from the radar, radar connected to each gun by cables so we could get the height and the the, the direction. And when we got to the height, when we shot the bullet, the bullet would explode because of this uh, explosion there and figuring that the planes would fly into all of the shells. You know what I mean? The the shells would explode. It's amazing to hear. You know, and after, of course, you go through D-Day, then you were at the Battle of the Bulge, um, and you yep. also helped free a Holocaust camp, Gardenlagen. Yes. That, what do you want people worst, to know, Irv Locker? It's the worst thing in, I've ever seen in my life. 
man's inhumanity to man is the worst I have ever seen in my life at that Holocaust camp. I mean, it was totally brutal, totally brutal of what they did to not only the men and the women and the children. Uh, it, 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 it tore my heart out uh, with that, believe me. Uh, and then, of course, I, I, you know, we stopped at the Elbe River. I'm Jewish. The Jewish language is a derivative of German. So I went into Berlin. I went into it to try to help settle some of the little towns and stuff with it. So it was an amazing uh, situation, how bad. But the Holocaust camp was the worst I have ever seen. I have pictures with my own camera. I put it into a book to show people how man's inhumanity to man, how difficult life can be because of that factor. 1,000%. I can't even imagine, Irv, you know, what you have experienced. You know, I'm here on the 78th anniversary of D-Day. What is your message, especially to young people, and what do you think is the message of D-Day? The message to me, to young people, is freedom was not free. We had to fight for that freedom and maintain that freedom, and they had to appreciate every soldier and every veteran that that could that that was there or could, who helped so that they could have a free life, and that's what I talk about and that's what I lecture about to that point that freedom is not free, and the amount of people that lost their limbs, their arms, their legs, uh, lost their lives for the same factor so that people could be free, and that's. Because people, some some people still talk about the fact that the Holocaust never happened, and and it's a ridiculous situation. But they better never tell me that because I'm little, but I carry a big gun. <laughs> so they they better never tell me about the Holocaust. I've got actual pictures of of, of the dead people. They took a, a thousand people. They were afraid when we got toward the uh, Elbe River. They were afraid that the prisoners could identify. Uh, um, the guys who were who were in charge, so they put a thousand people into a barn, put hay and straw on the floor, put gasoline on it and lit it, locked the doors. Anybody who tried to get out was machine gunned. So you can imagine what when I saw that. Uh, believe me when I tell you, I'm 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 Jewish. Uh, when I saw that, uh, the first thing I did was throw up, and, and then I sat down and cried because it was. So man's inhumanity to man was so bad that I, I, I couldn't handle it. So that's how bad it was. And that's what we approach. And that's what I have pictures of. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, Irv Locker, thank goodness you survived to tell these yes. important messages for history. So the world never forgets the sacrifice of everybody who helped with that. Everybody camp who to liberated Battle of the Bulge. And of course, on this anniversary of D-Day 2, thank you for everything. And you keep sharing your stories and your messages because the world needs to hear. And it's such a blessing and a gift to have you here on this anniversary. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting me express my myself to people so they understand what we went through so that they could be free and have what they have today. Well, we are so grateful for you, Irv Locker. Thank you and your comrades. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 